This is Fire Rescue One Side Alpha Podcast, putting fire service leaders in front of hot topics facing firefighters today. Now here's the executive editor of FireRescueOne.com and FireChief.com, Chief Mark Bashore. We're going to talk about a little different look at mobile integrated health on our podcast today. This time it'll just be you and me, a solo podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Side Alpha Podcast is sponsored by Homeland 6 Tactical Radio Straps. These custom radio straps feature extractor washable decontamination, superior comfort and functionality. Learn more at Homeland 6, that's homelandsix.com. On March 18th, 2021, Fire Rescue One ran an interesting article about uh, the fire department taking on new tasks in Oakland, California. I encourage you to read that article. You'll understand this wasn't a spur-of-the-moment decision. It's something they've been working on for a long time in the community uh, in the program development phase. And ultimately, in that phase, it took a turn towards the fire department, which wasn't the original direction. The city council voted unanimously to establish a pilot program that would have the fire department send civilian outreach workers, emergency medical technicians, or other non-police staff for emergencies involving mental health crises or other nonviolent crimes instead of police. So yes, the fire department would coordinate this program. Now on the surface, you're probably thinking, Chief, this is probably just another example of mobile integrated health community paramedicine. What's the big deal? Well, this one's a little bit different. For some basis of understanding on my position today, I offer you a little of my own historical perspective. For years, I've decried uh, different firefighting SOPs in neighboring towns or cities who, you know, essentially claim that they have it the right way, or they're the only ones that know how to do it, or fires burn differently in our town than they do next door, which I generally say hogwash too. To me, the EMS equivalent would be the mobile integrated health programs. Granted, there may be different cultural and environmental circumstances that make the EMS priorities somewhat different from town to town. However, the program goals are essentially the same nationwide. At least, I believe they should be, and that's to reduce 911 and hospital recidivism. So, the Oakland City Council president is quoted as saying, We are developing a model that's unique to Oakland provides a public health response to mental health crises and centers a community civilian response to these crises. Now, I'm not sure what makes Oakland different from all the other jurisdictions who have already done something different themselves. However, I'm all for looking at new stuff, so let's dig into it a little bit. Of course, a new fire-based program wouldn't be new without a snappy acronym, right? Um, Oakland's program is Mobile Assistance Community Responders of Oakland, or MACRO, M-A-C-R-O. It'll be housed in the Oakland Fire Department. The city administrator will create a position for a program manager that runs the pilot program and explores whether to contract with uh, the county medical health workers Uh, and other program logistics and staffing needs. So that administrator under the fire department's lead will uh, decide how that pilot program works. And okay, that's, that's valid, at least that's a valid thought. So they project the pilot will last about a year um, after first being tested on 
East Oakland, then West Oakland, and and then into the Fruitvale District, and if that's all possible within the one-year time frame. So, it, you know, not a bad model, if you will, to have a pilot program. The council expects the program could become a, and this was their word, a robust agency within the fire department and hopes it'll become a model for the country responding to people experiencing mental health episodes, substance abuse crises, or having domestic violence issues. And that's where I submit that the Oakland program is different from the typical mobile integrated health programs that we've been used to or that, um, frankly, I believe fire and EMS departments should be involved in. To some extent, Oakland residents who have long been discussing alternative responses to police have praised the announced program. Uh, in 2019, the Oakland City Council contracted with an outside company to um, look at the feasibility of creating a non-police response time modeled after a program in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, that program, again, a snappy acronym, was Crisis Assistance Helping Out on the Streets, or CAHOOTS. I'm not sure how snappy that is, but that's what it is, CAHOOTS, uh, in Eugene, Oregon, was successfully operated for years there. So they contracted with a company who um, ultimately um, had conversations with the, the council that collapsed and put us where we are today with this fire department model. So the Oakland plan does not call for firefighters to simply take on the duties on top of their firefighting work. Rather, the concept is that the program will hire new civilian employees, likely including uh, EMTs, who would respond to nonviolent calls. And um, I'll quote some of the calls the city council believes the macro team um, folks would be able to handle. Uh, and this is, this is the quote. It says, people who are disturbing the peace, intoxicated on the street, engaging in disorderly conduct, or involved in nonviolent incidents at homeless encampments, as well as requests for wellness checks. Now, I don't know about you all, but that sure seems like it's outside the scope of the fire service or the EMS service, and much more in either law enforcement or uh, public health social service assistance. But it is what it is, and we're going to watch this program unfold in Oakland. Without knowing the particular politics, uh, it sure seems they're attempting, or somebody is attempting to exploit the goodwill of the fire department well beyond the original concepts of mobile integrated health and the call to reduce 911 and hospital uh, recidivism in probably in an effort to roll out a, a social worker project with a different name or a social worker project under the fire department, which typically has a really good name. We'll continue with a little more on mobile integrated health in just a minute. Let's take a brief moment to recognize our sponsor. Homeland 6 tactical radio straps are heavy duty, yet lightweight and 100% made in USA. These are the world's first custom radio straps made from military grade nylon that's used in ballistic vests. Unlike traditional leather, they're also extractor washable for pathogens like COVID-19 and carcinogen decon. These are making leather radio straps a thing of the past. Homeland 6 tactical radio straps are available in multiple colors with adjustable, regular, and extra-large sizes, even with reflective or glow-in-the-dark patterns and custom text. New customers can receive a discount on their first order of tactical radio straps or accessories at Homeland 6 
That's homelandsix.com. We're back talking about mobile integrated health. Before we dive a little bit into the history of mobile integrated health and community paramedicine, I feel it bears repeating my disdain for the separation of fire EMS and 911 services at the federal level. EMS under the Federal Highway Transportation Safety Administration is disjointed at best. EMS's current model fashioned on Napoleon-based routes are akin to the fire service holding on to the Ben Franklin model I've loathed before. I truly feel that the best bang for the buck for our communities and for our collective emergency response services lays in a unified approach to community preparedness and coordinated 911 response. While I recognize that many uh, boots on the ground uh, departments and local jurisdictions have consolidated fire and EMS, some have, some haven't, and some have included 911, that disjointed federal parentry transcends organizations and agencies all the way down to the street, from funding, grant opportunities, all the way down to service delivery. That said, in 1996, uh, NHTSA um, directed uh, the, uh, and this is the quote, the EMS Agenda for the Future. In the EMS Agenda for the Future, it called for adding value to the communities that EMS served through, and I'm going to quote this, so th this is the quote within the EMS Agenda for the Future. Community-based health management, fully integrated into, overall, um, into the overall healthcare system, able to identify and modify illness and injury risks, able to provide acute illness and injury care and follow-up, and able to contribute to treatment of chronic conditions and community health monitoring. So if you take that as the model, you can, you can read into the reduction of 911 calls and reduction of community admissions. Now there's since been uh, hospital-based changes in Medicare and Medicaid that uh, um, bring it to the advantage of hospitals to participate in the reduction of um, both of these uh, recidivisms to, to reduce the return of patients both through the 911 stream and, and to the hospital directly. Um, so the, the building of the program essentially was called for in 1996. And, and here we are 25 years later uh, talking about uh, a program that's morphing into mental health crises on the streets and homeless encampments and uh, things that I don't believe were part of the original thought process. However, we'll see how the Oakland program unfolds. So continuing a little more with the history, in the early 2000s, uh, we began to see departments angling for what that community-based health management system might look for. Uh, some modeled community paramedicine programs. Um, I personally became familiar with a mobile integrated health model that involved uh, the local health department and the fire department. Uh, it was indeed geared to the 911 recidivism uh, we, we spoke about previously. The uh, always interesting and frankly somewhat predictable outcome was that the health department eventually dropped out of that program, and I can only believe for two reasons. One, they're not a true 24-hour response agency, so their capacity to sustain a seven-day-a-week uh, participation was muted. 
and that was painfully clear from the beginning. And two, uh, there wasn't enough revenue production, or frankly, there was no revenue production because it wasn't about revenue production. It was about cost savings. And I'll say as far as the fire department, uh, they continued to chug along in that 24-hour posture, already a fixture within the community. And one patient at a time, they began making a difference um, in those rates. I recall the first patient in our program had been a constant 911 caller over 60 times in the three months prior to entering the program. After entering the program, the following 60 days saw her only call 911 one time, and that was for a true emergency. Community paramedicine as a model has essentially morphed into an element of mobile integrated health, uh, where people kind of interchange the two names before uh, the mobile integrated health, and I'll suggest mobile integrated health and safety later, but the mobile integrated health uh, really uh, has become the program and community paramedicine is one element of the program uh, moving down the stream. I don't know that the mental health crisis Oakland's trying to solve should be solved on the backs of the fire department EMS folks. But in true fire department, all hazards fashion, I'm sure that... Uh, They'll take it and run with it, and they'll likely succeed. The challenge will likely be uh, to keep the, I'll call it, keep the separation of church and state, meaning keeping the negative connotations of previous uh, law enforcement experiences out of the product that the fire department delivers in the performance of their duty. That's no shot at police departments. Um, that's just a reality of what we see in the communities, where people tend to fear those law enforcement um, uh, entities, but tend to really respect and appreciate the fire department. And we need to keep that uh, negative connotations from entering into the fire department experience. I'll add one last piece to the mobile integrated health discussion, and that's that I truly believe we're missing the greatest opportunity at improving our community outcomes um, if we don't integrate general fire safety into the program. So this should be called mobile integrated health and safety. Some fire departments are already doing a version of this where firefighters are part of the team who come to participants' homes conducting courtesy home fire safety inspections. There's no reason we shouldn't be doing these things together. Um, as soon as someone uh, checks a blood sugar or a blood pressure, why don't they turn around and check the smoke alarm? I mean, there's no reason the people who aren't trained to do these, all these things together can't do them all in one visit. Uh, so looking at smoke alarms, CO detectors, extension cords, kitchen safety, uh, looking at the exits and homes and conducting fire escape planning with uh, these residents. If you want to jump into this arena, join me in calling for the single federal fire EMS and 911 parent. And join in developing the mobile integrated health and safety model. The fire department's survival long term will hinge on us both evolving from the Napoleon and Franklin models we seem to so dearly hold on to. This is Mark Bashore, Executive Editor for FireRescue1.com and FireChief.com. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Side Alpha Podcast. Join us on FireRescue1.com for the latest news and information affecting the fire service worldwide. Have a great day. Keep safe, stay smart, and take care.